Oh hey, I'm glad you're here. Growing up in a video store, my childhood memories are packed with daily discoveries. Fritz Freeling animation gave way to Zorro, which led to Hammer Horror, and so on. But it was being introduced to college radio that changed how I watched a lot of movies. You wouldn't think Bob Fosse and Daisy Chainsaw would work well together, but I can tell you from a chapter of my teens that Fritz Lang's Metropolis with the sound off, but with Cop Shoot Cop and Godflesh blasting, totally works. Siegfried Follies from 1945 was probably the first dance-heavy film that was in major rotation. The unsinkable Molly Brown from 1964 was another that I would put on under Radioactive Goldfish or The Orb. Dance would also play a major role as raves hitting the states would perfectly coincide with my teenage freedom. This was pre-dress code, so no candy ravers or Jenko jeans yet. And my 20s were surrounded by dance as I DJed with my friend Aaron. I love dance, but to be honest, I know nothing about it. So this is a fantastic episode with a wonderful guest, a guest I was so excited to talk to, I didn't really do my job, which is to tell you where you can find this talent and what they do. This episode's guest is Thomas House, who you should find on Instagram at TomHouse90, T-O-M-H-O-U-S-E, 90. Vimeo, you can also find him at Vimeo.com backslash T-O-M-H-O-U-S-E, 90. How did I hear about Tom? Dance Church. My wife and daughter love it. You can find him on Instagram at dance underscore church and their website go.dancechurch.com please become a subscriber i think it would also be nice if we share pina Bosch's website www.pina slash b-a-u-s-c-h dot d-e backslash e-n that's p-i-n-a hyphen b-a-u-s-c-h dot d-e backslash e-n so I ruined the surprise, but let's be honest, by the time you click play, you already know what's happening. The film is Pina, the guest is a dance artist, and this is VHUS. Hello, and welcome to VHS, the podcast where each episode is about a film, and the guest has the profession or experience portrayed in the film. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at VHUS underscore podcast and support the podcast on Patreon. And for bonus episodes, you can also go to our website, vh-us.com. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and I'm joined by Thomas House, who, okay, hold on. I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and I'm joined by Thomas House, who is a dance artist and dance church instructor. Thank you for being here. Hello, hello. How's it going? (laughs) Really good. Uh, First, could you just define what a dance artist is? Wow. I mean, I would say anyone who identifies as a dancer and someone who creatively, that is their sort of output of how they express their creative interests, their explorations. Um, And in some cases, there's an element of performance attached to it. Got it. One of the reasons I'm so excited that I have you here today is because I don't know a lot about dance. Um, I would if you said, describe dance to me, I would say, oh, like when I went dancing with friends or maybe jazz or ballet. But then once we, I got into this film and then looking into your work, I was like, wow, I know so little about an art form and viewed it completely differently than I do now. So it's just, uh, it's such a pleasure to get to have a chat with you. And my daughter and wife uh, first discovered Dance Church and they helped me put me in contact with you. So if you wouldn't mind just breaking down what is Dance Church? Okay, well, Dance Church, I, in a couple quick words, I would describe it as a dance party fitness experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about an hour long. 
It's a guided dance of actions and coordinations and also a lot of moments for you to just dance with guidance as well. Yeah, that's that's perfect for my family because my wife is more like, yeah, okay, I'm doing this for exercise reasons. Whereas my daughter is like, don't tell me what to do. I'm dancing, you know? Mm -hmm. Exactly, so that's like, that's like a, a special entry point for a lot of people is that they can come in with any entry point and there's space to have to follow along yeah. with a direction or to sort of let go and kind of be loose with it and give yourself what you need. Oh, that's great. We're brought together by the film Pina. Now, normally I have no documentary clause on the podcast because I don't invite people to come here and tell me if a movie is being true to life because they're movies. I want them to be fantastical. Um, but this film is partially a documentary and also it's a performance piece and ultimately a celebration of life. Um, mm -hmm. During the preparation for what would have been a documentary on Pina Bausch, is I saying that right? Bausch? Bausch? Yeah, Pina Bausch. Bausch. Yeah. Unexpectedly, she passed away from cancer. Um, she was diagnosed five days prior and died two days before they began filming. So what an intense thing to happen as they go into production. Um, at the time of this recording, you can rent Pina at your local video store, like Movie Madness here in Portland, Oregon, or stream it on Amazon Prime. I have the, uh, the Blu-ray DVD 3D disc. It's quite an ex ex excellent set. Um, it comes with beautiful cards, wonderful art. Uh, the synopsis is the film presents extracts from some of the most noted dance pieces by Pina Bausch in Tan's Theater. Am I saying that right? Tan's Theater? Mm -hmm. Okay, Dance mm -hmm. Theater. A uh, style of which Bausch was a leading exponent. Um, the extracts are from four pieces. I won't do the French because I, I'm just gonna murder it. But The Rite of Spring is one piece. Cafe Mueller is one piece. Kanta Kothoff and Valmond, which I think are wizards from Harry Potter, but they're also names of these pieces. Uh, these are complemented with interviews, but nobody speaks. It's all voiceover, which I think is just lovely. Um, it's all overdubbed. And then there's further dance choreographs, which were shot in and around Wuppertal, Germany. I think I'm saying that right. Um, a little bit about Pina for people that don't know. Pina Bausch was accepted into a university of arts at the age of 14. Uh, upon graduating, she continued at Juilliard. She was in the Metropolitan Opera Ballet and Folkwang and in 73 took over as the artistic director of the Tans Theater. Uh, the film's directed by Wim Wenders, who did Paris, Texas, Wings of Desire, Until the End of the World, Million Dollar Hotel, Buena Vista Social Club, to name a few. He's still going strong. But we will take this opportunity to press play on Pina. Really? Summer, Herbst, Winter. We start on stage and in German, there's a 1920s era procession and then we see people raking dirt, blackout on the stage and then a woman is lying on a red cloth and others enter through darts of light. There's music that's just strings and flutes. And I noticed in doing some research and looking into some of your pieces on Vimeo, there's no beats in some of these pieces. It's almost like concrete sound is the backdrop. So my question for you is, 
how is any of this happening? Uh, is there counting involved? How, how do you orchestrate this sort of sequence? Wow, it really varies from piece to piece and, and what this it's there's always a conversation between the score and the movement as well mm -hmm. and sometimes movement comes first score comes later and is sort of placed over top of it oh wow and other times score comes first and uh dance comes after or they sort of all are sort of created at the same time and so i think it in a lot of ways in some of pina's works what i saw in the film it did seem like there was a, an underlying rhythm mm. through a lot that I could sense that the there were there were most likely counts like most pieces have like a five six seven eight yeah um, you sort of are understanding where the climax of the song is so you know what count you enter stage on and then there's uh, you know drone less rhythmic music mm. where they just sort of overlap and then there's tension um, and sort of you know, flexibility in where they land. Yeah, I, it just really, I, it was the first moment where I realized like, oh, I have no idea what's happening. Like, I don't know how they're achieving. Cause when, when there's one person and they're just kind of like flowing through and doing movements, I was like, okay. So they just kind of know the order of what they're doing. But when suddenly a group pops into like unison and they're all doing the same moves, it's, it's very stark and powerful. It's, it's really mm -hmm. lovely. Um, which is the next thing that happens in the film. Then back at the performance, men enter and then they have a whole unison thing that's happening. Feels almost like this sort of battle of the sexes situation or something. And then it says, uh, words can only hint at things and that is where dance comes in, which I thought is a very lovely idea because you're first noting that other things can be expressed outside of the limitations of our language. And I thought that, that was a wonderful thing to, to apply. How do you feel personally about the difference of expressing yourself verbally and as opposed to how you can express yourself in dance? Well, it's it's funny that you mentioned that quote because I wrote that one down as oh, well. Great. Because there like that is that is the power of dance, is that there's there there there's depths of emotion and context that doesn't have to be articulated, um, but it's felt and it's a visual thing. So it's it's activating it's activating like an arc of a world inside of you without you having to like read all the details of it. And it varies from it varies from audience to audience or from you know viewer to viewer what they experience, what they get out of it. So, I mean, and I think that's why. I have always gravitated towards dance um, growing up and like that's why it's my passion and it's my field um, of work because I I don't identify as a, a writer yeah <laughs> like but I but I feel like I can I can I am so in line and have awareness of sort of what's going on in my body how to sort of be internal and expressive through muscles like energy and like that's where my knowledge is. It's mm -hmm. it's hard to it's hard to verbally articulate, but but it's like the world of feeling it and doing it is like it it opens things up. Yeah. So like um, for instance, you said you're not a writer, but in one of your pieces, you're telling a story, right? There's mm -hmm. like a, a beginning, a middle, and an end, and a, and often a journey maybe that you're going through. So you in a way you are writing. A story yes. but it's a story that's only told 
through the movement of your body. Yeah, definitely. Then there's, there's, you know, there's beginning, middles and ends. And sometimes the story is an energetic one, mm-hmm. like how, how much vibration and speed and, and climax are we reaching? Yeah. And then how much duration and extension are we going? Like it's, 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 yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the women are presenting this red garment to a man. They're each taking turns. It's like a negligee or something. It's a very sexually charged piece, it feels like. Um, it's almost like a musical, but with no singing. This this sort of has a more kind of a clearer, I, I guess for me, narrative, like something where I'm like, okay. Whereas later on, there's some things we'll touch on where I was like, I have no idea what's happening and I absolutely love it. <laughs> um, the first thing that strikes me is that uh, I would consider dance in my limited knowledge. I do it when I'm happy. I would, I would, I dance and I feel good. Uh, we have a rule in our house that we have to dance at least once a day. It doesn't have to be a long dance or, or you know, particularly fantastic. But you got to dance at least once a day. Uh, I just think that that nothing bad comes from that, uh, and it makes our house a lot more fun. Um, oh, I love that. But. I wanted to just ask you, because I'm unaware of this wide range of ways that emotions can be expressed through dance. So just briefly, what are some ways that you can evoke emotion through movement? I mean, I would say all the different ranges of Mm -hmm. tension to relaxation, to sort of heavy to light on your feet, Mm. um, loud, soft, large, quiet, small, Mm -hmm. uh, like these details in the body I think, and also tension in your muscles, um, they can they can sort of speak a lot to how you're feeling. Just in general, even when you're not dancing, you feel those weights and 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 textures in your body. Even when you are, when, yeah, when you're not dancing, just when you're emotional. And I think when you're expressing it through movement, you know, leaning into that can help express emotion through movement and dance. Yeah. Well, the women in unison are doing these intense, almost violent, like stabbing motions with their arms. It's like, I mean, you feel it. It's just like, oh my gosh, this is brutal. Spawn inside this memory again. One of and then the next piece is a man and a woman in a park and she's falling towards him and he's catching her before she almost like smashes her face on the ground. It's incredible. Uh, and I, I forgot to ask if this was a first time watch for you because I already know that you saw this in a theater. Um, no, right. I did not. See this oh, when you the saw it with your mom. I did. Yeah, okay. we watched. I think it came the moment it came out on Netflix. Okay. I don't remember what year that was, but I think I was still in yeah. college. Uh, and two thousand thirteen. Yeah, okay. yeah. We okay, so you didn't see it in three D either. No, I didn't. Unfortunately. Because that's the craziest thing is this whole thing was shot in 3D and you watch it in it in 2D and it has an incredible depth of field. And I mean, all the time, I just kept thinking in my head, like, I wish I could see this in like full 3D because it's a lot of the stage stuff. It's incredible. Uh, the dancer says that uh, Pina is a painter and we become the paint. And I love that because dance is the only art that's instantly expires. Like the second that you create it, it's gone. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's amazing. And that made me think, I don't think I viewed dance as art. I viewed it mm-hmm. as an art form, 
but really what you're creating on stage in moments and in pieces that is art mm -hmm. ah, it's living art yeah it can, only, it can only exist in real time mm -hmm. you know unless it's documented you know right. on video but but the physical form of performance uh can only really live once wow. um at a time yeah. Uh, next, we're behind people watching a screen as Pina says that dance is a language that we can all learn to read. And I love that because with some art, it can be very elitist and it can feel exclusive. Uh, but, to, but to say that, I mean, talk about the amount of time this person has trained and put their life into an art form and then to be able to say like hey we can all understand this you know mm -hmm. it's not just me up here and I just think that's also beautiful um we don't know anything really about Pina in this film it's a magical thing to have a documentary about somebody that really is about almost an ethereal sense of themselves and about how they affected other humans, which is great. I think we should all think about that all the time, but we don't know how she started. We, I filled in some of the blanks, but if you watch this film, it doesn't say at age four, Pina went into whatever. So we don't know her beginning into dance because of this film. And we also don't know yours. So what was your beginning in your path to be a dance artist? Well, my, I started taking class in fifth grade when I was 10 years old. And I would say, funny enough, it were was the pop queens, the pop bands, the pop stars that did all the choreography growing up that I would learn and watch on videos. Yeah. And that, that's sort of what got me into taking my first dance lesson. Um, and I'm from Virginia Beach, Virginia, so trained there. Um, and then I went to SUNY Purchase College in New York uh, and, then I started working professionally in 2014 and I lived in Brooklyn for four years and I've been in Seattle for four years as well. And oh, okay. this is where I'm in Seattle now. Nice. I only lived there for a year, but I absolutely loved it. Mm. Actually, a lot mm. of times when we can, we plan a sort of a work slash family vacation up to Seattle. Really? Uh, yeah, I love it. I, lo I loved it. I lived right on the hill and uh, it was the best, best of times. Um, yeah. This scene makes me feel a lot of things because this film feels like one of my favorite um, filmmakers made it. That filmmaker is Derek Jarman. He was an artist, filmmaker, and a writer who did various videos and short films for The Smiths, Mark Almond, and The Pet Shop Boys, to name a few. Uh, he was instrumental in gay rights activism with his films like Edward II. And his earlier works like Angelic, Angelic Conversation are a mix of projections and symbolism. Uh, and I just love them. It has this sort of stage sort of feel. Uh, in fact, one of your wonderful pieces I found on Vimeo is called A Glimpse Happens, and that has a mm -hmm. similar feel to it for me. So it's just like, I mean, I've read all every book about his life. I've seen all the films. I own scripts. It's uh, it's one of those things where there's if there's just a little, a little glimpse of something, I just gravitate right towards it. I'm just like, ah, this is me. And in that piece, you have some sort of overlapped red, sparkly something happening. It's a fantastic piece, by the way. Thank you. That was so that was something I I went to a studio through like it was in June during COVID and turned on the lights and made them all red. It was actually during all the forest fires on the West Coast oh, and the wow. sky was orange and it was smoky and my creative mind likes uh, this apocalyptic sort of uh, 
but also sparkly scenarios like the 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 that that weird in between and blend of of like yeah. sparkle yeah. fantasy but also like dark apocalypse sort of twisted realities and I was like this is like time for me to go into the studio and 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 make something and that's what that's what came out of it I love that thanks and uh, what is your Vimeo since I've mentioned it is it just um, Thomas House? I, yeah I think the um let me take a look I think it my 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 username for most of my accounts and social medias is TomHouse90, mm. T-O-M-H-O-U-S-E 90. So I would assume it's vimeo.com slash TomHouse90. Okay. Um, you can also search Thomas House Dance. And yeah, and that's what I did, I think, but yeah. I, sh I should have taken that note down, so apologies. Uh, the next scene is prepared, as in they are making the setting of the stage, uh, and, and we see it on a miniature stage. They're like outside looking into the small stage and there's these tiny little chairs. Mm. Uh, it's a segment for Cafe Mueller, which is like one of her first big pieces that she did. Um, it's one of a million times I wished I saw this in 3D. There's a man walking through swatting chairs out of the way for a woman that's just dancing. It is breathtaking. And then we cut right to a joyous elderly man dancing with a dog yapping at his ankles. It's this funny little break in this very serious kind of film we've been watching. Uh, speaking of nice little breaks, we're going to take a break to hear a word from our sponsor. Are you tired of boring food and condiments made of processed ingredients? Then you need Marshall's Hot Sauce. Each small batch is made by Sarah Marshall, who sources from local farmers. Her dedication to knowing the sources carries on through right down to knowing the single origin beekeeper and even the harvester of the sea salt. Each sauce is plant-based, gluten-free, and packed with deliciousness. Annual offerings from mild to spicy being smoked habanero barbecue, red chili lime, serrano ginger lemongrass, and habanero carrot curry. Not to mention a rotating offering of limited edition sauces like Whiskey Smoked Ghost, Caramelized Scorpion Ghost, Volcano Sparkle, and even a collaboration with the Heatonist, Bird's Eye Charred Chive Dulce. There's always something new and delicious. Just head on over to marshallshotsauce.com, that's marshalls, H-A-U-T-E-S-A-U-C-E.com. When checking out, enter VHUS in promo code for 20% off. That's VHUS at checkout for 20% off. And now, back to the show. We're back. Cut back to the chair scene. Another man enters and we see someone else striking the set. They're moving chairs. And then a man stacks chairs as two dancers are crawling under and through the stack of chairs. I mean, wow. It was, yeah, that was, that was so beautiful. One of the things I love about this sort of, uh, you know, tribute to a person is there's all these fantastical little elements in it and each one is is building kind of off the one before it it's it's just such an impressive film there's so many moments of patience as well like detailed yeah. detailed, detailed patience and that like that was a moment the, the chair stacking with the bodies crawling under i like it's sort of a moment where you hold your breath and mm -hmm. and just realize this the sensitivity the patience and the like I don't, the control that, that these artists have. Yeah. So. And also, I always like to pop out and think about 
that those people are performing these things with each other and what like those bonds become over time. You know, it's just very uh, interpersonal, I, I feel like. Um, back in the chair room, the suit man keeps repositioning the couples. Oh man, this segment where they keep, um, he wants them to be kissing. And the second he lets go of them, she pops up into his arms. And then the man comes back and sw kind of swings her legs back down, repositions them and starts to walk away. And they pop back up. And it's just this struggle back and forth that, I mean, I get at a loss for words really talking about it because I've just never seen anything like that. And you're right, there is a like a rhythm to it where there could be counting involved, you know? It's very, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's in your, I'm questioning like what are what are the what are the intentions and the goals yeah. of, of of the guy the girl like the 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 man that was just sort of standing there as like mm -hmm. her prop in a way just supporting yeah. her and the 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 speeding up yes. was also something that like that also added the the emotion emotional layer to it yes and then we see a ballerina on railroad tracks uh and there's a spotlight and she keeps collapsing. This is like in a tunnel as opposed to later on. This, I mean, I don't even know what to make of the image, but the second it happens, I'm just like, I love this. That's all I really know is that these people are creating these, this is art for me, you know? Um, and then they say, wait a second, hold on, cut this. It's expressed that in dance, you are anything, you are more than human. And I was like, they have so few words in this, but everything they say, it's like, it needs to be there. And I love this idea of like, it's cause it's, it's really what you feel without knowing anything about um, being trained in dance. When you dance, you, you can be boundless. And I see that in a seven-year-old more so in myself. But when my daughter dances, it's like every emotion's coming through. She can be a bird, she could be, you know, something, uh, like a unicorn. I mean, it really is a transcendent element. Yeah, and and bringing it, applying that, we see that so much in dance church. Prior to COVID, we would have like around, in Seattle, we would have like 100 to 150 people in the room dancing. And everyone came in with their own goals or no goals and would express and sort of shed whatever they needed to. Um, and they were just able to be themselves and be people and move their bodies and be around each other. And that is still tra translating to, you know, where we are right now, where we have this dance church platform where you can subscribe and take class from your home. And uh, like, I believe that that feeling and that experience is still happening. And we talk about transcendence all the time. That's, that's awesome. Uh, how is it different for you composing a piece versus preparing for dance church? I would say that creating a piece is something that takes more time overall. Mm. Um, and there's a little more digging that has to be done throughout the process of being a, a dancer's teacher and learning also requires that same digging just um, over the experience of teaching many classes. Mm. And every teacher um, builds their playlist. And so when you sit down to make your playlist, you're pulling from 
you know, songs that, uh, you know, there's an overarching goal of the, you know, the start to finish of class that you're trying to achieve, but then what you're placing into it. And uh, sometimes like you, sometimes you are taking a new song that you haven't heard before and has a complex um, structure that you then have to sort of sit with and listen to a couple of times to sort of understand it and go into like, what, what am I trying to achieve physically in this song? How am I breaking the song apart? How am I going to direct the bodies in space or through the camera, you know, um, how to follow along and so that they can trust me and I can trust them. And together we're sort of like landing on the same page, even though we like may, may cross over or may move far apart at times. Yeah, wow. So they're completely different worlds in other ways. In, I mean, in they are different, but they are also still the same because, you know, as a performer and as a teacher of dance church, you're holding space for the audience, for mm. the class, for the takers, the viewers, um, and that responsibility um, sort of, and that goal is definitely aligned in both spaces. Gotcha. And, and most, I, all dance church teachers are tr professionally trained dance artists. Um, they all have, we all have experience with performance. And so when, when we talk about teaching, when we talk about sort of connecting with the audience and holding space and leading and guiding, we're referencing dance, dance education. We're referencing performance and what it means to transcend, what it means to, how do you, how do you get everyone to this euphoria space or to a space where they, stop thinking essentially mm -hmm. and just like can fully release um you know what what are the what are we bringing to the space so that we can all get there together so it it does which you think about those things when you're building a piece too you're like you're thinking about time space energy sort of language uh where's the audience what do you do when you feel like the audience is starting to to you're starting to lose them what do right. you need to do to pull them back so they're actually they're they're very aligned you know uh in a way oh that's so interesting yeah. uh in the film we have a dance sequence by no we have a cable car and there's a man on the cable car that has cardboard ears and a woman comes in and just starts stomping on a pillowcase <laughs> If somebody wanted me to describe at what point this film ultimately had my heart, it's this section. I, it's so strange and which for me strange, I never feel disturbed because I'm outside of something. I always feel like it's more personal because that comes like directly from someone's heart. The specificity of what we're seeing, it means a lot to somebody. And man, I just love that sequence. Um, this rail car is suspended and it's uh, I guess it's a big deal. It's the Wuppertal Schwiebebahn because we needed further proof. I can't speak German. It's an elevated railway and it's, it's really awesome. Uh, the way that it pops into frame while the dancers are moving later on. I mean, it's, ah. The cinematography is also just like, it's next level. Having, having someone who, having a strong cinema, cinematographic eye mm -hmm. next to movement and dance, um, it just can make magic. Yes, I totally agree. Uh, what inspires you to create pieces? Fantasies, my dreams, mm. um, my relationships with the people I meet and, and what they're going through 
experiences from my real life. I mean, the world, tell, like, like reality, um, television shows, video games, like there's, I feel like it's, and, and yeah, it's like, you know, bits and pieces of, of little things, they stick to me when, when they do, when they want to. And, and together they sort of help create this world that I then like build it. It's, it's, it's really, yeah, I would say it's, I mean, it's a mixture of everything to be honest, but also it's, my, me just sort of sitting alone sometimes in quiet just spiraling in my brain and yeah. like going to really 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 whacked deep pl- weird places yeah <laughs> you know uh and then like and leaning into that into when it comes to movement mm-hmm. sometimes it's like I build worlds in my mind that movement is not attached to it in a way you know and then and then and then there's like a physicality that emerges when I when I try and enter an empty studio and and place myself in that world that like my mind is wanting to create. I love that. I love the idea that, you know, a painter has a set of paints and you are drawing from all the little bits and pieces of the universe. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting palette you have to choose from. Uh, Next, we see a woman in a gold gown dancing on the street and the, uh, the interviewee states that the, they would look up and see Pina having all of the feelings they were having when they were doing their dances. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to do a piece where you're embodying so many different emotions? Is it exhausting or exhilarating at the end? A mixture of both. I would say exhilarating, exhilarating right away for like the first hour and then exhausting and then a major crash. Um, and I just, uh, the year before COVID began, um, I was performing this piece called The Sun Still Burns Here, um, which is a collaborative piece by a choreographer, Kate Wallach, who is also the founder of Dance Church, um, and also a musical artist, Perfume Genius. Um, And that piece was highly uh, performative, expressive, and emotional, and kind of, we we really hit all of these different places and points. We kind of went everywhere um and also nowhere at the same time it it but after performing that piece every time we i would be on this sort of energetic high for the first hour and then and then we would all just crash afterwards because we just are really we're, we're pulling so much out of us then the piece was also heavily improvised so there wasn't really leaning into counts and steps. It was really like constant generating of, of, of stuff, of, of, of movement, of feelings, of um, performance. Uh, and it was different every time. Um, and in, in a way, Dance Church is similar. It's, it's the class does have an improvisational element to it where we go in um, with high, uh, knowledge of the song and the structure and the goal of the body for that song. And sometimes it's very loosely prepared in a way. We just go in with that knowledge of structure and we sort of are writing the moment of where we're feeling, what we feel like the class needs, um, what we wanna feel in our bodies. And it's, we're letting it sort of generate and like be developed as class is moving on. So same thing with dance church, like finish class, 
feel on this high for like 45 minutes and then just complete crash brain dead need to like chill and like sort of really really like let my let my being spread back out Mm -hmm. that's that's fantastic because the physicality of dance is so obvious but the emotional aspect i've never really heard anyone talk about it you know because it's like the the dramatic the theater element of it is uh Mm -hmm. is not something often discussed it's more like look at the perfect form of this person or something to that nature but not that the person dancing would actually be like embodying the sadness of a piece or you know which does a lot to you mentally and and you know you gotta have a way to take care of yourself you know do you have a specific self-care routine it's constantly, I'm constantly adding new things onto it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I have this bucket of like body toys of balls and, and stretching things and massage guns and yoga yeah. mats and mm-hmm. it can, continues to accumulate, but I'm a big fan of getting a massage once a month. I'm a big fan of taking hot baths. Um, I'm a big fan of sort of moving my body in the morning, moving it and sort of stretching it out before I go to bed um lots of water yeah I mean and just really listening to myself and so if I'm in a place where I have a lot of rehearsals or um you know even if I'm teaching dance church and my body is completely exhausted like that's the beauty of 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 presence is that you can listen to yourself and listen to what your body needs and and go at whatever pace and you know size and percentage that you really need to to stay safe Um, And you can still reach, you know, what you, you can still reach so many goals, even if you're not going at 100%. Yes, no, that's, that's very important. That is true. Often thought, Pina sat behind that table and actually watched me for 22 years. And that was even longer than my parents saw me. Uh, the next sequence, there's a ballroom and a different generations and genders are forming lines and presenting themselves sort of to the audience. And then there's a wild dance. It's very kind of jazzy. And then we get a woman in toe shoes in an industrial facility. It feels very early David Lynch to me. I love it. Uh, these two scenes are what many would picture as, as dance, both in their attire and in their movements. Uh, do you enjoy more traditional dance, like going to a club or something? Or are you like, why would I go to work right now? Like, <laughs> Oh, tr- wait, traditional dance in the sense of like... Uh, oh, just what casual, most... Casual, most di- casual yeah. dance, just like... Sure. In, yeah, oh, oh, I love it. Yeah, I yeah. love, I mean, I... Yeah, I love it. I go to, I, I am a big fan of going to clubs, big fan of going to raves. Yes. Big fan of dance parties. Like I am always, I love, I mean that, I love freeform dancing where mm-hmm. you're just doing what, what you want to do in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> Based on what you want to hear and like sometimes what you want to get out as well. Yeah. That, when I lived in Seattle, um, I lived right on the hill and there were so many places to go dancing, like yeah, within yeah. three blocks of my apartment. I was like, this is the best. Like it's so nice. I live on Capitol Hill also and getting oh, getting to just like walk, you know, six, five minutes to the bar, to the club, yeah. to dance, and then just go home. Yeah. It's so great. It's so yeah. great. Uh so I gotta ask, can you name three songs that when you hear them, you have to dance? <laughs> 
Any um, theory that come to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My first one would be uh, 212 by Azalea Banks. Oh. Um, Hung Up by Madonna. And uh, let me name a new one. What's, what's happening? What's new that I really am liking? Well, I have three and none of them are new. Okay, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to go pop again because I have to, but yeah. uh, uh, Who Do You Think You Are by the Spice Girls. Oh, nice. Yeah, so good. Okay, mine is uh, the Pet Shop Boys Domino Dancing. There's just something about the, the synth line to that song that I just, I, I love it. Uh, there's a group called DMX Crew, which is really just one man, and he has a song called Street Boys. And my friend Jail and I, whenever we hear Street Boys, it's like we have to do like cool 80s dance moves. You just uh -huh. can't not do it. And then the uh -huh. third one is from one of my favorite films, Hiding Out. It's a part where John Cryer is roller skating with, uh, I forget the love interest right now in the movie, and Pretty Poison, Catch Me, I'm Falling is playing. And Catch Me, I'm Falling is just like a perfect 80s song for me. I think it should have been way more popular, but uh, as a kid seeing like, you know, oh, th this person and they like each other and they're roller skating. I went roller skating, so I, but I wasn't dating anybody's, but I was like, this is what it's like, cool music. And you know, it's just quintessential. So even if I'm in a grocery store, if one of those songs comes on, there's gonna be some dancing for sure. Yes. Uh, back in the ballroom, the movements are somber and weeping, and a man is taking photos of couples, and then I think we're seeing little glimpses of their backstory. Cut to a man next to a road and some trolley tracks. It's a beautiful moment. Then a woman in pink dances to a song that feels more directly representative to the song lyrics. Uh, it's, it's very sort of narrative feeling. Um, this pantomime type of dance is not is not my jam. It's one of the moments where I was like, no, I, I like the abstract stuff that we're going for. Like I like, like um, in some of your pieces, it almost seems like, um, like in the breakdance era, you have the, the lockers and the poppers and the people that like start, like they're holding some energy, rave also. And then you're kind of moving it through your body. And it, you know what I mean? Where there's like this, Yes. this fluidity almost of like a one single point moving throughout your body and you're tracking it and, and feeling yeah. it and pushing it into different areas i love that um yeah, that, yeah. that's really great the uh, next screen you have a man on stage walking and another person drapes sticks on him he's got sticks on his shoulders and head and arms and there's a scrim and projections. So again, we're back in this Derek Jarman-esque world. Yes. And I was, ah, oh, it is beautiful. Yeah, Did back you... to that, back to that patience, back to that control. Yes. The amount of presence that he has to have with himself mm -hmm. um, to just, and, and all the checkpoints on his body to constantly be tapping into as he's moving through space with like 10 sticks perfectly centered on his body, yeah. like teetering, you know, and then as an audience, you're watching all of these things being like, is that one going to fall or is this one or that, you know, it's you're you're caught up in the drama of sticks on a man. It's a it's a wonderful thing. Um, the next scene, there's a man pulling his pants down repeatedly. He just yeah. walks up to people that pulls his pants down. It's, it's you go from these like serious points to these like sort of comedic sort of moments. It's almost like um, like 
like comedic theater from like the 1800s or something. It's very yeah. vaudevillian almost. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a wonderful piece. And then we see more people watching the dancers train, I guess, rehearse. Which do you do? Do you practice? What is it called? Hmm. Depends. I would say in a, in a taking a, a class to either warm your body up before rehearsals, like that can be considered training where you're sort of, you're, you're prepping your body for rehearsal and, mm -hmm. and sometimes prepping your body for rehearsal is either truly just, I'm warming things up, I'm activating muscles. So I feel ready to like uh, rehearse or I'm in a class and I'm, I'm obviously warming up, but I'm also actively trying to train and like, okay. and, 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 and yeah, improve, improve things. And then the next scene is a woman being poked and prodded by a group of men. And then they're like lifting her up. And it's a very, again, sort of a sexual feeling piece. She's being pawed at by all these people. And then mm -hmm. we get to the part where the film blew me away. Like I was already impressed by this point, but it's like a science fiction-y feeling piece where there's this giant meteor type rock on stage. And there's this like goblin-esque music and two men dance by a woman in pink. And this piece is called Full Moon. Um, have you ever performed on stage with something this elaborate, like a giant sort of set piece situation where there's elements in introduced? Not one large item, but I did an opera with the Seattle Opera. Um, oh, wow. And that had so many moving elements of stairs and things that would come out, things that would fly up and go away. Um, and I, yeah, a lot, a lot of drapery, a lot of curtains, you mm -hmm. know, uh, definitely have worked with a lot of stage and set elements for sure, but nothing like this massive, oh my gosh, yeah. we're just sitting on stage. And the piece features a beat and choreography. Part of it's raining, a woman in a peach gown is dancing and all fluidly in front. And then she goes back and she gets all wet. And then you're thinking about how the hair is like choreographed because now it's wet and weighted and she could really like whip it. And uh, it's just, it's so impressive. Two men lay down and spit water on each other where I was like, this movie's got everything. I mean. <laughs> Uh, a woman dives through a man's arms and she's completely upside down and just sticks there. And like, it's so fluid. And then she's saying that Pina said to her, you need to keep searching. And I love this, that these people on the earth where they say these little, like one, two, three, four, five, five words. And the way that those five words change this artist to, mm. I mean, it's not a paragraph. I would be still talking if I was trying to give the advice. And she just says, you need to keep searching. How do you search? Just like that dancer, I search with the, you know, with the guidance and with the mentorship of all of the choreographers and educators that I've, that I've had in my, you know, history of dancing. Like those, you can t go on for days about technical, you know, information but when it comes to just like more how to just be you and how to you know how to just continue to dig into that yeah let those those little little words like over time just continue to unlock things and searching for me requires just time and like and and giving myself space to sort of lean away from you know computers and elements and and sometimes like like just you know, uh, getting like four hours of studio space and going in with zero goals 
And sometimes I'll end up just laying on the floor for two of the hours. Wow. And like, there's just something about being in an empty space with like, with lots of expansion around you. And, and you're like, I'm in this room to be present with my body, present with myself and whatever comes, comes. And, and it's, that's a beautiful moment of searching for me that I, that I really like to experience. That just is an interesting piece from that. One of the benchmarks or the signatures to Pina's work is relationships. That's mm -hmm. telling the stories of relationships through dance. With you and personal relationships, is it difficult to navigate when you're like, I need to go be by myself for four hours in a room? Like, is that ever like in the way? Oh my goodness. The last three years of my life have been all about learning boundaries. Yeah. Like, and, and I think there was a, t and being able to articulate that, that time, like I need to be alone right now. And it, it, it has nothing to do with any, any of y'all. It's truly just like, this is just what I need as a human being to like yeah. stay healthy and, pro and also process. And, and, and also, yeah, it's just an important part of my, my, my time and how I live my life. And like, and being able to, yeah, that being able to articulate that though, mm -hmm. to, to others has been, it, it has required a learning curve, um, but also just, just communication and, and understanding from both ends and trust mm -hmm. with those who you have around you. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, talk about a skill set that you didn't know you needed in your youth. And then you get, as you get older, you're like, oh, wow, I need to advocate for myself and have the person not be offended. But like, yeah. you know, if I'm going to be my best for them, I need to be the best for me too, right? Totally, yes. We next see a woman who keeps losing her balance and she's falling to the side and the, uh, the, her partner keeps standing her back up and this sort of trust and give and take was like, wow, this ties in perfectly to what we're talking about. And, you know, we need help from others, but also sometimes we can walk on our own and others, maybe we need someone with us. Uh, are, are you telling a story in every piece that you do? And in the ones there, there is a story. How important is it to you that somebody understands it? Hmm, I think that, I think that it, is always it always varies because there's not always a story in mind sometimes it's just a task that i want that that is i'm giving you know a task to bodies in space or to myself mm -hmm. that doesn't have a narrative um or yeah arc to it it just is a goal that i'm that i'm asking myself to complete and in doing so that like in that like brings up that brings up an experience or just like an energy or a feeling or, uh, or a world. Um, and when it comes to an audience understanding, that is not something I search for. I really like the dialogue of people experiencing differently from, from thing to thing and having their own interpretation. I think with dance, you're never really given you know, exactly what you're supposed to experience because it's, 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 it's movement and music lights. And, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes none of those things, sometimes all of those things and rarely dialogue, rarely narrative, uh, sometimes not even like an about, like, like right. an intro paragraph. And like in the program, sometimes it's just the title of the piece and that's all you get. Um, and 
And the best part for me, even when I go see performances, like that, the conversation I have with the people who I went to the show with yes. afterward. And, and, and like that is, sometimes choreographers are like, I you know, don't want to hear what you thought or like, I, I don't want you to ask me any questions because this is for you to experience and sit with. Um, and, and yeah, I, 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 I really enjoy the, the, the unraveling of what your experience is individually. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. And that's why I like, you know, films by like David Lynch or why my, one of my favorite artist filmmakers is Derek Jarman because like his earlier films where it's just these overlapping of images and a lot of it, he's like dissecting religious allegories and things, but introducing, you know, homosexual elements of himself and the way that that can like express things and see things and see bits of himself in places where he wouldn't see himself. And, um, but it's not concrete. Like you don't, he's not telling you any of this. There's like a lot of times like Coyle would do the soundtrack or something and, and you don't really understand, but you can talk about it. You could look at the images and be like, oh, is this this or is this that? And that conversation can go on forever because there is no answer, you know? And right. I just, I love that. I, I love that that is a part that you appreciate about the performances. Because mm -hmm. uh, the next part we would definitely be talking about because a woman in white dances on the dry part of the stage as people are swimming across the back of the stage, like pulling their bodies through the water. It is incredible and I mean, they go under the rock at one point, And I was like, I don't even understand how this stage is what it is. Like, it's incredible. Um, one of my favorite visuals is right after this. And it's, I called it the flex. And it's when we see a woman standing and she's got these muscular arms flexing. And then you learn visually that it's a man behind her and her arms are behind her and he's flexing. It is such a great reveal. And I was just grinning ear to ear uh, at this, this section. I and love then, that. And then we see this guy doing something so intense. He's sitting, I think it's like a platform and he's pushing his legs, just shoving like individual movements of his, and it, it's visceral and it's intense. And your my brain started to come up with stories of like someone being paralyzed and how he's frustrated that his legs don't do what they do. And it might, brain's just spiraling just from the image of this person dancing i love that and in a way like that that physical like that could have been a physical a simple not a simple but a physical task that he was given by pina you know to to manipulate his body in this sort of way that then and maybe that was it and he's just researching it and sort of and continuing to like explore the the range of everything and here you are like taking it to yeah. all these places that maybe they didn't intend to but like that is the, like that is the whole that's the man that's what's beautiful about movement. yeah it really is there's also um a part where we meet a child dancer who grew up in the dance troupe and she says that pina always said dance for love mm -hmm. and i was like oh i was impressed by the five words earlier now she's doing it with just three like i wrote that down it's <laughs> so good and then we see a little dance with a hippopotamus in like a river. It's super brief, but it's so surreal and fantastic that at that point, my wife who was working on her computer looked over at the TV and was like, 
is there a hippopotamus on the screen? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess they can do anything. This is amazing. Now, there's a chaotic cliff dance that happens next to the, uh, it's like a rock quarry. And they're using sort of the dust, even the way that they're dragging their feet and kicking. And that's something that I, I, I have never seen before. The, the use of the dirt and the water, and it seems obvious, but from someone outside of this world, I was, it just seems like, like a, like a painter painting. I mean, it's just like lively, live creation. That's surreal. It's fantastic. And then we go back again to this big rock piece and people are throwing buckets of water on the rock while dancing is happening. And I mean, I'm out of all the words I can say of incredible and amazing and astounding. It, it's just otherworldly. And the, I don't know how they're achieving it or what they're doing, if it's counts or just music or memorization yeah. or... It's pattern. It's it's patterns. It's it's rhythm. It's also being having spatial awareness. You know, maybe maybe it's like all these dancers are going to do this. These dancers are going to splash the bucket. You know, go and everyone just at this point. This is probably towards the end of the piece, and these pieces are like, you know, sixty to ninety minutes long experiences. Yeah, yeah. And so at this point, the artists on stage are so in touch with each other that like they can interact with the goal, with the task of the moment, you know, and, and it seemed like the music was not uh, giving them a rhythm, a rhythm. It was just at that point in the in the score where they are aware that the, they're on this journey. They're in this section of the piece as well. You know, and yeah. they're, they're, they could be waiting for one moment uh, where they hear a ding and that's a cue to like to shift, you know, which are these these are little, you know, these little hints that that we give ourselves to make sure we're like on the right on you know tracking well with the score and the, and the mm -hmm. dance it's like when you're a kid and you have that book where it's like dings and you know to turn the page as, as, yeah, as yeah, yeah. a record yeah 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 uh then we see a woman tethered to something and she's running back and forth in this room and she's almost moving like a pendulum what I, yeah. it's incredible it's yeah just like it, it can't get there yeah. It's like, that, that's what I took out of it. It's just like you, you, you're, you're held back from something that you want desperately. Yes. Um, and you have to sort of like fight with it. Yes. And, and I, I don't know if it's the same piece, but the next sequence we see is a woman who's dancing on the ground while another woman is shoveling dirt and throwing it on her back. Yeah. It's so unbelievable because like she's she's progressing forward she's moving like a couple feet and then the dirt is then on the ground and the lady scoops it up with a shovel and dumps it on her and she moves forward and she repeats this process and it's this repetition you were talking about this rhythm yeah, it's, it's just... almost something that like it's something that if you sit there and you're just watching this sort of unfold you're you're slowly just going into a world like i i pictured that just because of the location they were yeah. At, like I could picture both of those, the woman with the rope, the, 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 the couple with the dirt, um, like both of those existing, like in a museum somewhere, yes. you know, and they just, they just do it for like eight hours. Straight, yeah. You know, and you just go there and, and that, that's, that's that in itself is researching and like getting oh, to this thing somewhere. Yeah. I, I love that. Then we see uh, a woman 
on a man's back and then he stops and curls up in a ball on her back and somebody's walking around a pond with like a tree on their head and if this is at this point in the film i was like i hope this film never ends i hope it just keeps going like this because i love all the things that are happening but alas the jazz procession from the beginning comes back and i think for a brief second in an empty theater we see pina dance and then wave adieu and then we hear her words, dance, dance, otherwise we are all lost. And I was just like, I get goosebumps every time. Uh, I, I just, I, I love this movie. And, um, and I'm so glad to have you to talk about it. That's the end of the film. So do you have any final thoughts we didn't touch on? I mean, thank you so much for having me. This was so, thanks for allowing me to watch the film again. Oh yeah. It was so, so wonderful. Like, I mean, I just, all the little quotes were really things that I wrote down all the time. Like stand, she said like, stand for every gesture, stand for every movement, own your body, own your choices, dance for love. Like I was writing all of those things down yeah. because it, it, her intention as a, as a creative artist just was, was so pure and raw. And, and, and there was so much strip stripping um, and, of the of the dancers and what you were seeing on stage, some like most of the time wasn't wasn't too complex or technically advanced or rigorous, mm -hmm. but it but it was just met with 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 so much depth and layers and maturity and 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 like time and research, you know, that it was it was so captivating to watch and I like left wanting to see all those pieces like yes. on a stage somewhere and I appreciate like also that her company is you know uh, has such a diverse age range as yep. well of, of artists and some of the artists that they've been with her for 22 years and I think about how like you know with dance church like we also have a such a we have a, a range of people that take our class from now that it's online we have kids take it and we have older people as well. And, and there's that permission to, to take class as you need and, and follow along. And, and it's, yeah, I, it's, it, it really is important to incorporate dance into your life. And like the film, the film just, re, you know, reminds, can remind you of that deeply. Yeah. Uh, there was a quote, uh, or one of the dancers who was older, she said uh, that dance makes her feel young and old at the same time. And I thought that that was really interesting too. Um, but that brings us to the final questions. And these are just about you. So uh, first mm -hmm. and foremost, are there any misconceptions on dance artists? Oh, misconceptions. I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm so far removed from the misconceptions now. Because I, I, I feel so grounded in, in myself and my choices. But I'm trying to think of like my, who like what were the misconceptions that I felt really conscious of when I was um, like younger and in school and trying to like impress people and and I mean I feel like people may 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 since we are they from the outside people may see us only as like physical sort of like technicians and 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 movers that they don't necessarily think that there is like layers of depth and, and, and like still human behind all of that. Um, when they just think, oh, you're just a dancer, you're, mm -hmm. you're researching, you're, you're, you're training your body. 
um, you know, you're an, you're an athlete, but there's just so much, you know, intellect and, and uh, like work with your mind that is also being done throughout, throughout the whole like lifetime of a dance artist. Um, well, I think you've done such a great job of articulating that. And that's something that I didn't know. So I definitely would have been my misconception is just like I admitted to earlier, just the athleticism. And then mm -hmm. now I see it as something so entirely different, basically on par with, with actors, you know, cause you're the embodying of the emotion, the ability to tell a story. Uh, it's mm -hmm. completely changed how I view dance artists for sure. Yeah, we're, we're in, when we're building work um, in the studio with other dancers, like we're constantly talking to each other, you know, like when we're experimenting something, when we're developing movement or um, a section in a piece, you know, it comes with so much conversation um, of trying it out and hours and hours of like digging. So it's, yeah, it, it, there is this layer to it that that is not always seen, you yeah. know, because sometimes you show up to the show and you just see the dance, you know, mm -hmm. and, and not every time there's, you know, sometimes we have Q and A's after a show where, you, where the audience gets to ask questions, but it's, you can't always get to, you know, this like layer of the core yeah. um, that, that you only really get to see and understand if you um, have time like this to really like yes. dig into something, or if you can, you know, have a, be a fly on the wall inside of rehearsals. Right. Uh, what is your favorite thing about being a dance artist? Mm, I love being in touch with my body. I love I love having intelligence and in and able to listen to myself internally and and translate and process things as well. Sometimes physically, like it's it's sometimes you know I I do journal, but other times I'll you know move around and and that is a similar way of processing that I feel grateful that I have the agency and the permission to to go in that direction and what is your favorite aspect of dance church mm, I love the I mean I love all the people it's really just like the 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 best part the reason why I like will do it forever is truly every the community it's mm -hmm. it's it's getting to have that shared experience with a large amount of people and and get that feedback from other people's experiences and and you know within person there was that constant like you, you know, I, I cried, oh, I laughed, oh my gosh, I sort of like stayed in the back and like was at 10% the whole time because that's what I needed, but it was still great, you know? Yeah. And now there's, you know, now the, the amount of people taking a class like has like 10 times and there still is that, you know, feedback people will reach out on Instagram and or post things and just like show what they're experiencing or write, write a big comment about what they experienced and that is, that is, that's really what is so special for me. And also I just, I love music. I love dancing to good music. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really cool. Like, like the only, the only way I could activate that, that interest of mine was like listening to the music at home or like hearing it at a club. But now it, and like with contemporary dance classes, it doesn't always make sense to incorporate like, like house dance pop sort of like sounds. Mm -hmm. um, but now dance church is like, I can bring this, the, 
those layers of music into the room and also like lead this experience that is sort of somewhere in between a class, but also dancing, you know, at a party at the same time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's perfect. Gosh, yeah, I, I would guess you should just do it forever then. <laughs> uh, do you have any advice for anyone who would be possibly interested in being a dance artist? I would say watch, watch Pina, watch all the dance films. There's amazing like Merce Cunningham films, like really just like search dance and, and just, start, just start watching things, get a, get a sense of the field, get a sense of different. Also YouTube is a great place to just kind of see things. Um, That's true. I fell in a couple YouTube dance holes recently, just watching, yeah. cause I said my daughter's seven, she likes to dance. So I was looking up there's all these videos of like a girl who's like nine crumping or whatever it's called, where she's the, the dancing is like super, uh, lots of stomping and chest popping. And uh, once I saw one competition, then I just watched it. was like, I lost two hours of my life basically, but uh, it was fascinating. I, I, I could see how YouTube could be a useful tool for sure. Yeah. And then I would just say like there, it's, it doesn't always have to make sense at the same time. Like if you have creative ideas and, and dreams and sort of visions that you're not sure how to sort of bring them into fruition, like, or bring them into, in, like bring them out in some sort of way, like they like start off small and start off are trying to reach that, that place, you know, in a, in a body part and just like sort of see where that goes first, you know, before you sort of concept of conceptualize making this like massive, right? This massive piece, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, give yourself time, go book some studio space, go get, find a local dance studio, like rent four hours. It's usually like $10 an hour at some places. So, and, and treat yourself to like, you know, some hours in like a big empty space and see what happens, you know, bring your computer so you can play some music and sort of, see what happens and start there that's that's excellent uh this brings us to the last question and it's my favorite question uh okay. thomas what are your dreams like oh my goodness what are my dreams like they are i've been having some more like nightmare type dreams oh. that have been a bit haunting in like a in like a kind of a ghostly goblin sort of way in my house and like my grandma's house. And, you know, it causes adrenaline and I like, I like the adrenaline because there isn't as much adrenaline happening right now because yeah. we're all kind of sort of in quarantine. So I would wake up from the dream, be spooked and then like go back to sleep and be into it. Like, wow. <laughs> um, Does it ever inform pieces? Are you ever like, Ooh, I could, uh, Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. I mean, that, that, like, that, I do have, I, when, it's rare that I remember my dreams, mm -hmm. like, like, all the time, so when I do, I try and write them down, and the energy, and so sometimes the really discombobulated circumstances that you find yourself in in dreams are, like, the thing I always want to try and achieve in performance, you know, the things yeah. that make them, that don't make any sense, but like still have a, like you're still on a ride. Yeah, and I would say I have, some of my other dreams are really funny and like, I'm like, I was backstage with Beyonce and hanging out with her and da 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 da, you know. <laughs> as a performer or a guest? Just as her friend. Nice. Like, 
just as a friend, like, like just like hanging out with her and her dancers, like they're going on stage performing. And that was like kind of a recent one. I also have ones that are sort of like, uh, and like end of the world kind of, where there's like earthquakes and like, but like, it's really sort of like magical end of the world scenarios where like mountains are forming and like Whoa. things are cracking open and all of a sudden I'm like falling and flying through space. And it, it's really like, I'm being sort of jolted through, through like destruction, but like mystical destruction in a way. Um, Sounds great. Yeah, it's, I, it, they can be really fun sometimes. Well, Thomas, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but thank you so much for visiting Pina. And thank you for your time sharing your story today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Great. Uh, well, thank you for listening. And I hope you join us next time on VH Us. <laughs>